You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host. Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove, where I plan, produce, and promote content that allows my clients to reach performance goals and scale growth. And of course, growth is what it's all about here. But, you know, we spent the year talking about ways you can grow your app, grow your audience, revamp your mobile marketing. Now looking into the new year, um, I think it's exciting to also look at some of the ways that you cannot grow your app. And for that, I have my favorite regular guest. He's uh, Dave Bell, co-founder and chief executive officer at Gummy Cube. And Dave, it's great to have you back on the show because above all, you know, you're going to be the voice of reason here. You're going to tell us what you're really hearing and what's really working out there because this is your job. So great to have you back. Really happy to be here. Thanks a lot. And you're going to be my, my resident cynic, too, I think. <laughs> I, I love that role. I love it. It's good. <laughs> I know. That's why we have you here. So I'm just going to launch right in because this is one of the reasons why I have you on this show is because, you know, it's a little bit like uh, what you see is what you get. Um, and uh, one topic, big one, I mean, I wrote so many articles and you're still seeing them, right? You know, how to rank in the app stores, you know, your secret to uh, getting uh, featured, getting top rankings, uh, what have you. I mean, it was the big deal, wasn't it? It, it was the big deal. And, you know, especially as you go further back in the past, um, you know, focusing on on chart rankings too, right? Not just mm-hmm. Not just keyword rankings. And I think that um, you know, if you're surfing the internet, if you're looking at kind of either how to market your app or you're looking at strategies, you still see a lot of advice. You still hear a lot of people uh, really just talking about what their placement on the charts are. So that's the way it was. And, and, and I guess there was a while. I mean, you've been out there. Come on, Dave. There was a while when you could really, uh, you know, you could crush it doing that. That was a strategy, right? 
it, it, it was a strategy. It was a strategy when almost everybody who visited the app store also visited the charts 10 years ago. Okay. Dating us both a little. So it has moved on. What is the strategy now? Because um, it's very different. You know, we, we might have even made it through 2018 in that way, but we're certainly not going to make it that way in 2019. No, we're not. And, you know, if you look at how things have evolved in the stores, uh, if you look at both Apple and Google, they've taken different strategies to do this, but they've really de-emphasized the value and position of the charts in their stores. Apple's kind of buried them in the middle of categories uh, as little widgets. Uh, Google has essentially said, hey, you know, if you're not driving quality traffic, that traffic's not going to count toward a chart ranking at all. So, you know, the old discussion of chart boosting, it doesn't work for a couple of reasons. One, uh, you know, there are actually far fewer eyeballs looking at the charts now uh, than there were, you know, back in 2008 and back when kind of that tactic was very, very popular. Uh, and two, you know, where have the eyeballs gone? Well, they've gone to search. And they've gone search because that's where kind of Apple and Google have pushed people. Uh, and as more people have started to search for apps, and, and according to Apple, it up to 70% of, of downloads come from search, um, you know, really the, the keywords have almost become the new chart for people. And, you know, if you think about that, you know, you have these kind of very, very big head terms, uh, like, you know, for example, if you have a game, you might want to rank for RPG, right, role-playing game. Um, but, but even those big head terms have almost, you know, become very broad themselves. And so, you know, what you see uh, in a lot of cases is that, you know, those big head terms are almost becoming like a chart and all the phrases uh, are, are where people kind of get their, uh, the, the bulk of their traffic from um, as people drill down to find specific things they're looking for. So probably also changes a lot of how people are searching. I mean, you get, you, you, you make an art form of looking how humans really search. And I know I've written a couple of articles um, this year as well um, early on that, you know, now that we understand the role of apps in our lives, we understand we want them and we search for them. You know, we're even searching for brands by name. So it's changed a lot. What do you, what do you think is going to uh, be the way to, um, you know, still make it because search is the way we're finding, the you know, search is our app discovery, but um, we're searching differently. Yeah, we are searching differently. And, and the way that I kind of communicate this to people is that when you think about the App Store and Google Play and you really want to take a step back, you're looking at something that's more like Amazon e-commerce search than web search. And so it's people looking for products and features. And actually, in that environment, the more uh, uh, broad the term that you're trying to target is – uh, the more indirect your audience is going to be, meaning they may be looking for many, many different things or concepts or apps in different categories or with different features uh, when you're just really focused on a head term. And so um, a lot of people, when they're looking for quality users, and they're looking for quality users at volume, are really thinking about, well, how could users describe the features of my app and how does that align with search uh, either inside the App Store or inside Google Play or both. And, you know, that's usually, you know, phrases, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's this, uh, you know, I think there's this attitude that might come from web SEO, which is very incorrect for ASO, that, you know, if you, if you rank for these kind of top phrases or these top words, uh, you know, single word kind of head terms, you're set, you're good. Um, but that's the same mentality uh, you know, as someone who's boosting the charts, it, I think it's very short term. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, if you're looking to really 
expand your presence in the app stores and target the users who are most valuable, you, you've got to you've got to understand how people are looking for your features, and that means diving into uh, phrases. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly would you suggest? You know, I give you your soapbox. You can stand up there and give some free advice on our show. I mean, it's obvious sort of the the approach you have to have or the mindset. But could you give me a concrete example so we can help our listeners understand that the way they were thinking about their app is changing and what it needs to change too? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that this kind of dovetails into you know the concepts of of looking at the user acquisition funnel uh you know all the way from the point the user discovers your app through engagement inside the app, um, not just kind of ending once the user is acquired. Um and, and that's really thinking about uh user intentions in search, right? And and what do they intend to download? Uh, when they're searching for a product, do you have overlap with those users? Uh, and and the greater the search intention is, uh, the higher quality the user tends to be uh, once they get further down in the funnel. And so, you know, to give like a concrete example of this, you know, uh, we were working on a um, uh, kind of like a, a, a private photo sharing app, and and when we f- we started working with them. Uh, the marketing team was very, very focused on just ranking for the word photo or ranking for the word app and um, didn't really care about any of the the phrases that related to the actual features of their app. And when we kind of had a discussion about how the App Store and Google Play worked and literally kind of loaded up Amazon e-commerce and, and, and demonstrated how they might search for products on that platform themselves, kind of the light bulb went off and said, oh, you know what? maybe we really want to target like private photo sharing or photo sharing or you know the terms related to the features in the app and when they did that not only did their volume go up right their ranking for core core keywords went up because there are these kind of concepts in the app store and play store of related terms that matter uh, and apple and google track that um, and and the quality of their users substantially went up because it was no longer people who were kind of casually browsing a very generic term, which is effectively just like a chart, so you get a lot of casual browsers. It was people who had the intention to find what you were offering. I'm just wondering if there was something also that strikes you about the way people need to be thinking of their phrases in the first place. I mean, it's it's definitely about the value proposition of the app. It's also about how people search. But I think there's also sort of like almost a, a K factor in there when you're trying to decide the, the, the keywords this time around because there's so much happening. You're thinking deep in the funnel. You're thinking intent. Is there some sort of secret, not, I mean not secret, but is there some additional ingredient to the mix that we haven't had before? Um, you know, I think I think one of one of the things uh, that is important as you're selecting keywords or really understanding how users are searching, mm-hmm. uh, one is understanding how Apple or Google might merchandise you through search and how they view this concept of one keyword which might be related to another, uh, and and understand how to select keywords that are going to help Apple and Google discover what your app is all about and expand your presence faster. So part of it is about what is the search intention of a user and am I targeting a quality user? Part of it is how do I leverage my metadata or my ASO to help Apple and Google learn about my app faster so they can merchandise me faster. Um, and so, you know, those are in some cases similar, but but they're actually two separate processes to execute. Which one 
I guess I guess the answer is both, Dave, but I'll ask you anyway. I mean, if you had to prioritize, because this is a lot going on, we're thinking more about intent, I think, now and going forward than before, because before it was like, oh, well, you know, Apple, Google, find me, that's great. But now that their search results and the whole search experience is different on the store, uh, you have to think about people and their intent. But how do you sort of balance the two? Um, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, uh, when I think about this, right, um, search intention and the user is is probably the most important thing, because at the end of the day, if you have good engagement on a keyword and high quality users going into your app, um, you're going to you're going to end up sending more positive signals to the store about your performance. Uh, and they're going to rank you better, and they're ultimately going to merchandise you faster across similar keywords. Well, that's a great place to stop for the moment, Dave, because I think that brings into play the whole next idea of, um, you know, this is a science. This is important. This is strategically key now and going forward into 2019. And it's going to be, I think, talking about how marketers can make these decisions and above all, mar- more or less back them up because now it's a strategic thing, you know, before it was sort of like, um, you know, just part of the mix. But now that you can move your needle of your, you know, move the needle on your app, I think with the proper approach to understanding human intent, search intent and the machines, you know, the algorithms um, probably raises the stakes, doesn't it? It, it, it does raise the stakes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to realize how important this is. I think uh, I was talking to someone at Apple the other day, and, and not only did they tell me that 70% of downloads in their store come from search, they told me almost 80% of users download in the search result and never go to the app page. And so, you know, it's like that experience, what users see in that search result is so critical, not just to just to the keywords you select, but also to are users going to convert on these keywords based on what I'm showing them. So that is all a very data-driven decision, and we will dive into some of that data, listeners. So don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. 
WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove, and we have a treat because we have one of our regular features. Going to have Dave Bell back many times. He's back here now for the second time. Dave Bell, co-founder, chief executive officer of Gummy Cube. And I have to say, Dave, I love these shows because we're going to go deep into the weeds. We talked about, um, you know, the whole idea of how everything has changed as far as category ranking, how you have to factor user intent into this uh, into search behavior. And another thing that's changing out there is really the role of the app marketer and their ASO strategy. Because it used to be before um, they knew everything, leave them alone, put them over in a corner, let them do their thing, they'll figure it out and life will be good. But now I'm seeing more and more that because their decisions are so strategic, what they do is so strategic to the company, to the brand, there's going to be I imagine some pressure on them to justify their ASO decisions. Are you hearing the same? We are hearing the same thing. And and there's, I guess, at a very high level, there's this classic, I wouldn't call it a clash, but this classic difference in cultures between kind of marketing based on uh, you know, brand and marketing based on kind of the feel of 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 the culture of the brand, and and combining that with an environment where everything is based on an algorithm, and uh, you know a lot of folks on the brand side may not be used to that because that doesn't really come into play in a lot of other kind of forms of marketing that they might be used to, and um, you know I think that you know organic and I think uh, the way that the app store algorithms work even when you're driving paid marketing into your app um, you know have become the largest source of downloads and engagement for a lot of these marketers so of course mm-hmm. you know the entire organization is interested now um, and you know ultimately the data that you use is extremely important um, you know I think when you're making these decisions, you have to make them based on sound data. You have to understand what your competitors have done in the past and, and whether you know changes that they have made uh, have worked or not worked for the audience. You have to understand user search intention. Um, and you have to be able to measure things in a very, very uh, kind of clear and concise way. And I think that, um, you know, as we've talked about before, I think that all comes down to the data that you use when you start to make these decisions and whether it's correct or not. Um, I guess there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I've been having more and more meetings uh, with partners and and kind of large Fortune 500 companies that are starting to look at ASO very seriously. And a lot of them are starting to question the data now. A lot of them are, uh, you know, when you start to talk about web data or just looking at Apple search ads popularity scores, they chuckle, you know, because they've run their own tests and they know that those things uh, really don't work. Um, and, you know, even a year ago, you wouldn't see that. I think there's there's been a lot more experiential education, uh, which has helped our industry. 
I, I couldn't agree more. I'm hearing also more about that because it used to be, well, you know, I've used a tool. It's like, yeah, well, uh, I'm sure you have. But, um, you know, what's the underlying data and the methodology underneath all of that? And have you thought about that rather than just say, well, I mean, this is what I'm seeing because tool X or tool Y shows this to me. I mean, is there we're probably going to see so much of this that it's going to be necessary maybe to have a show about just like the checklist of questions you ask yourself and when you're interrogating sort of your 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 tool. Um, but could you give me a high level? Because as I said, it's going to be important. You can't just say, well, the data told me this. It's going to be, well, what about the data? So is there a start of a checklist of like, how do I find out the right data for my purpose? Yeah, uh, there are a few high level things that you should definitely look at. And, and you know, as I've kind of said over and over again, since I've been in this industry, you know, it is rampant with data fraud. You know, you have tools that are out there using web data. You have tools that are, you know, simply aggregating Apple search ads popularity scores. And if you're going to use that, you might as well not pay for it. Apple gives it away for free. <laughs> um, so, right. So, uh, but there are a few things to look at. You know, one, uh, it's very, very easy to look at, uh, you know, the keywords and phrases and search volumes that a tool that you might be using uh, is presenting and compare them to what is on the Google Keyword Planner. And if they match, uh, the tool fails. Uh, it's it's very easy to look at the search volumes uh, of, of Apple search ads popularity scores and compare them to the scale of volumes in your tool. And if they match... Uh, entirely, that's a fail. And and I'll quantify that by saying, you know, Apple search ads popularity scores can provide some useful insights, but Apple didn't design those for ASO. They are short-term trends meant for people that are bidding on keywords, perhaps changing their bids on an hourly or daily basis. And what you really need to look for when you're selecting keywords for ASO are kind of the medium-term trends that, that will definitely hang on for, you know, 30 or 45 days. And so, you know, you can't take a strategy strategy or data that's meant for day trading and apply it to buying stocks when you hold long. And that mm -hmm. is also true when you're doing ASO and, and, and looking at the data. Speaking of the data, I mean, are there are there other tools that are entering in, into the mix? I mean, is that um, not tools necessarily, but sort of sources of data? I mean, it's going to be very much a BI thing. And I could imagine that, um, you know, companies are going to have to take a very different approach to um, the data they use and how they use it and where they're getting it from. So there's a, there's a mix going on there. It's not going to be enough to have um, one tool or data from you know one app store, I can imagine. Yeah. So one of the things that has been particularly useful over the last year is that uh, Google uh, has become a little bit more transparent uh, within the developer console about where your organic traffic is coming from. And in fact, if you look at that console, uh, oftentimes you'll see a list of, you know, what your top 30 organic keywords are and then kind of what kind of is coming from what they define as other keywords, right, within the store. Um, and, and it's giving marketers very interesting way to validate whether the tools they're using are correct because they're they're getting at least some high level data um, and and you know when I was when I was attending a, a meeting a couple weeks ago with a with actually a really really big Fortune 500 company they said well we were using a tool and then when we looked at the Google Developer Console and saw the volume of traffic that was coming from the keywords we were targeting we saw this tool was totally wrong and we we canceled our agreement with them because we realized it was all wrong uh, and this was a fairly big tool um, and I think that you know what what's even more interesting. 
uh, is that when you look at most of these apps, when you look at a lot of the data that's coming from the the, the Google Developer Console, uh, you know, it, it's kind of what we've been saying for a long time. You know, the the 40 or 50 percent of traffic for many apps is coming from their top 30 keywords. The remaining uh, kind of 50-ish percent of traffic is coming from what Google groups as other, which is a long tail that can be hundreds of keywords long. Um, you know, this is not web SEO. This is not pick five main head term keywords and then just keep them there and don't worry about it uh, and focus on conversion. This is, you know, real merchandising throughout a store that can go very, very deep uh, that you have to pay attention to. And of course, conversion, you know, is important, right? And, and conversion is not only important for how your app page performs. If you expect to perform well on those keywords, indeed, if you expect to even retain those keywords, you have to convert well at the keyword level too. And I think that's something uh, that really no one talks about, right? I think that a lot of people use tools to A-B test their page without realizing, oh my gosh, on, on Apple, 80% of people are downloading right from the search result. That is my landing page. How do I optimize that? Yeah, that's true. That's the point right there. It is the landing page. It is really becoming that because of the way that we um, you know, we want our apps. We're we're not we're not I don't think and you would tell me because you have insight into how people search, but I don't think that we sort of are um, so vague anymore. I think we really know what we want. I think I think we do know what we want. I think uh, you know that mobile has been around long enough, and there are enough apps out there. Uh, you know, and and the way of discovering apps inside the store has become more and more refined over time, where people do know how to dig in. They do know how to go and and find the needle in the haystack in a lot of cases. And and it's not really just a bunch of people who are kind of casually browsing anymore. Um, and so you know that's why it's important that that you do have a good value proposition and you do understand how your features align with search trends and how those trends align with what attracts people to download uh, in your category. It's a user acquisition funnel. And, you know, the more we talk with, to your point earlier, the more we talk with brand marketers, the more, you know, I think brand marketers are learning that there's a lot of very interesting behavioral data inside that funnel about how to uh, position the brand to a mobile audience in a mobile world based on the way users interact in mobile and, and what they're looking for and how a brand resonates to that. And and I think perhaps brand marketers may not have had that data before. And I think m many of them are finding that very interesting. And it's also interesting that brand marketers are going to be part of this conversation. So the conversation is going to take on an entirely different um, dynamic. And I want to deep dive into a couple more points in this direction, Dave. But again, wow, time flies. We're up for a break once more. I didn't even get to really get to the meat of the matter here. But don't go away, listeners. We're going to do that when we get back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate. 
certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And we're back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. And we're talking all about ASO practices with Dave Bell, co-founder and chief executive officer at Gummy Cube. And Dave, last segment is always my favorite. We can debunk a few myths out there. Um, testing timelines. That's my new favorite because it's either set it and forget it or something else or something in between, but there's a lot of different information going out on, on it, misinformation even. What's your take? Uh, there is a lot of misinformation going out there, and, and literally just in the last, yeah, I would say, 90 days, I've sat in a couple webinars that just blew me away in terms of you know, how bad some of the advice you know, is, is being given that's out there. And you know, in terms of testing, right, you've got to kind of break this up into, into a couple things. One, obviously, there's creative A-B testing. Two, there's you know, how you think about kind of keyword and metadata deployments and, and how they work. And, you know, first of all, you know, I think that, um, you know, there's a really big difference in terms of the strategy that you might use for testing creative versus what you might do for keywords and metadata. <clears throat> that strategy needs to be guided by statistical significance. It also needs to be guided by the fact that the Apple and Google algorithms are set up in, in a particular way when you're thinking about the keyword metadata side to index your keywords and metadata. And, you know, a, a lot of what I've heard from a lot of people out there uh, is just to kind of change things very quickly, you know, test in a week, change keywords, you know, every every few days, you know, change mm -hmm. creative every week. And 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 really, it's, it's a throw spaghetti against the wall strategy. Um, you know, Apple takes two or three weeks to index your metadata. If you're changing your keywords every day or every few days, you're might rank for different keywords over time, but you're never gonna grow your footprint in the, in the store because you're not giving the algorithm enough time to learn what your app is about and fully index you. And of course, 
if you're listening to a webinar that is given by a company that provides a tool uh, but doesn't execute, they have no idea about the consequences of their advice down the line. They're simply promoting something that their tool can do so that you don't see past that. And that's a major problem. When you think about creative optimization, you know, first of all, you have to think about the entire funnel. And that means what works in the App Store and Play Store, how long you have to run a test to achieve statistical significance. You have to keep in mind the App Store and the Play Store are not the same. In the App Store, you have two landing pages, the search result and your page. In the Google Play Store, everyone just goes to your app page uh, before they can download. And so adjusting for legibility uh, inside the search result, making sure that you have the right kind of format, the right kind of standout screenshots, all those things are important, and it's different when you're looking across the search result versus the app page. And I think uh, that's a point I brought up earlier. That's something that no one thinks about. You hear a lot of webinars, and you talk. they, they always talk about how to test uh, uh, your app page. No one actually talks about where 80% of your search downloads come from, which is directly in the search result on iOS. Same format doesn't work there well there as much as it might work on your page, and so you've got to think about that. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of things uh, out there that just you know misinform folks. And and what I would what I would say generally speaking is that um, any advice that you hear that comes from you know potentially a company that that only develops a tool that doesn't execute is is very narrowly focused. Almost it seems like on a how to use my tool segment instead of a how does the App Store and Google Play work segment. And I think I think that's an issue. And you know, I'll, I'll close with this. Right, um, I was watching a favorite movie uh, a while ago, and one of the quotes one of the actors said was, "Time is the fire in which we burn." And and that really struck me because in a startup, in a in a big business, in an enterprise business, time can sometimes be more valuable than money. And if you're implementing the wrong strategies, wasting time, and then you have to hit the reset button weeks or months or years later because it just didn't work and didn't move the needle, um, that, that is almost worse than maybe spending a little bit more money up front and figuring out the right way to do things. I'm thinking about what you just said also about just you know doing it so often that you're not even ha- giving a chance for for Apple to figure out your metadata and you're already changing it. I mean, it's not just wasting money, it's wasting time and to your point, far more valuable. Dave, I have to say it's great to have you on the show, and I look forward to it again. In the meantime, um, I know I've been looking at your blog quite a lot because I've also uh, been curating a newsletter where I share some of your uh, your blog posts as well. But overall, where can listeners keep up to date with you? Yeah, absolutely. So listeners uh, obviously can keep up to date on our blog. Uh, we have a great Twitter account. We have uh, a great Facebook, a uh, great LinkedIn page. Uh, you can search for us at Gummy Cube on any of those platforms. Uh, you can also always just shoot me an email at davidgummycube.com, and I'm always happy to chat. And I think we've got, you know, the conference season is coming as well. So mm. I'll be in Berlin soon, maybe running into some Gummy Cube uh, people there, your team, um, others, maybe uh, uh, any place we'll be seeing you soon, Dave? Well, you will also be seeing me in Berlin. I will be there. I'm hopping on an airplane tomorrow, uh, which is which is great. You can you can always find us at the APS conferences. They're, they're definitely 
uh, great shows. We'll also be at uh, Mobile Growth in Las Vegas uh, uh, later uh, in 2019. We'll be at the Game Developers Conference, hanging out with uh, with the devs that do some of the hardest work in San Francisco, uh, building great games uh, um, in early 2019. So we'll be around. More of them. Okay. And listeners, if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor in Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy at MobileGroove. MobileGroove.com is where you can also find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. Of course, you can also check out this in all early episodes of our show, and I suggest you do, by going to webmasterradio.fm, or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. So until next time, friends, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.